Good morning. Welcome to the Sunday service of Free Community Church. We're so glad you joined us today on this very rainy Sunday. Um, for those of you who are joining us from home, we're also glad to have you with us. So let's take a moment to greet one another. Uh, if you're on site, you could turn to your neighbor, just give them a wave. Uh, so at least we can say hi. I guess it's a really small crowd here today. If you're online, you could also type into the chat, uh, peace be with you or greetings or something like that. Um, so now please stand as you're willing and able and join me in the call to worship. Come, walk in green pastures. We follow, we follow the, the shepherd. shepherd. Come, lie down in green pastures. We trust, we trust the, shepherd. the shepherd. Come, dine at the table of abundance. We, we are, are fed, fed by, by the, the shepherd. shepherd. Come, dwell in God's house. We, we live, live in, in the, the shepherd's, shepherd's care. Loving shepherd, you know our names. You care for us. When we face darkness and death, Walk beside us. When we hunger for your love, fill us with your presence. When we are fearful, feed us at your table. May, May we dwell in the house of goodness and mercy all the days of our lives. Amen. I invite you to remain standing as we join our hearts and voices in worship. Um, just as a reminder, for those of us who are on site, uh, we're still not permitted to sing, so feel free to sit if you're more comfortable. Um, you can close your eyes, you can hum, you can clap along, uh, you can meditate on the words. So we hope this time will still be a meaningful time for us all to uh, turn our attention to God. Let's praise God in the good times and the bad. Amen. Do not fear the final night 
Looking into my heart 
join me in prayer. This morning I want to welcome you into a safe space 
a restful place in God. I don't know what you bring to God's house this morning. If you have worries or anxieties, if there are issues and conflicts and hurts that you carry. I know some of our children as well as our youth are having their exams and perhaps those are things on their heart. Perhaps for some of you it's health or work or relationships or the situations in the world that you look at and that distresses you. I want to invite all of us, whether you're on site or online this morning, to come. Let us enter God's house and let us rest in the presence of God. This morning, I want to use Psalm 23 as a way for us to pray together as God's people. The Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. You let me rest in green meadows. You lead me beside peaceful streams. You renew my strength. You guide me along right paths bringing honour to your name. Even when we walk through the darkest valley, we will not be afraid, for you are close beside us. Your rod and your staff protect and comfort us. You prepare a feast for us in the presence of our enemies. You honour us by anointing our heads with oil, our cup overflows with blessings. Surely your goodness and unfailing love will pursue us all the days of our lives. And we will live in the house of the Lord forever. Amen.
Please be seated. <laughs> Thank you for standing through all the three songs and the prayers. But yeah. So, a very good morning to one and all. Welcome to the Sunday service of FCC. Today, uh, we are continuing our sermon series on the Beatitudes. Uh, you may use the Menti code 588068 and go to menti.com and just uh, log in to participate in this sermon. So FCC has embarked on a sermon series on the Beatitudes since the middle of August and we are just slightly over halfway through the series. We have already gone through five out of the eight Beatitudes uh, from Matthew chapter 5. 
So the first five Beatitudes read, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. So today we are doing the sixth Beatitude verse, which is on verse 8, which states, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. So I'm not sure how you take two or actually you feel about the first five Beatitudes, whether you look at them as traits, as a state of mind, as spiritual characteristics, or just as inner beings, but, and whether you identify with any of them, or actually all five of them. But I think in at least some, in some instances in our lives, we will definitely uh, see ourselves as being poor in spirit, being uh, in mourning, being meek, being hungry and thirsting for righteousness, and being merciful. But when we look at this verse 8, blessed are the poor, pure in heart, for they will see God. The first thing that comes to my mind is that, okay, this is not me. This cannot be anyone. If anyone stands up now and proclaims that they are pure in heart, I'll just shake my head in disbelief. Because none of us would claim that we are pure in heart. But my question is, can purity in heart actually be measured? Do we... Can we say that, oh, I'm only 10% pure in heart, or I'm 50%, or maybe I'm 99%, that 1%, not so much. And just now somebody said that maybe instead of pure in heart, you can talk about your percentage of evilness in you instead. But then, can purity of heart be measured? Is it, being pure, is it an either or? So you're either pure in heart, or you're not pure in heart at all. There's no in-between. Right? So in this world and age, I'll say that other than babies and children who have yet uh, to be influenced by anything, it'll be very difficult for anyone to say that they are pure in heart. Even children nowadays, I think by the time they are age two or three, I, I, I wouldn't consider them pure anymore because you know, the parents nowadays are very, very smart. So I can say that since this is actually quite impossible, this verse, no one, no one is pure in heart. So I'll say that, okay, there's nothing that I can preach on today. So this is the end of my sermon. Every time I come here, the first thing that people ask of me is, hey, Jamie, how short is your sermon going to be today? So I'd like to say, even though my heart likes to say that, okay, this is the end of it, two minutes, yay! And then, but then, uh, we, cannot, we cannot do so, but we should try to dig a little deeper and see if there's anything to be gleaned from this verse. So what does the word pure actually means? So pure... In the strong concordance, actually the definition, pure comes from the words katros, so which means of uncertain affinity, clean, literally or figuratively, clear, pure. And purity in the Bible can be described in three senses. can be referred to in the physical sense, okay? it can, meaning that about the cleanliness and the purity of an element. It can be used in the Levitical sense where purity is often associated with cleanliness in which one observes and in the interactions with the community and in the worship of God. And last but not least, purity can be referred to ethically, meaning from free from corrupt desire, from sin and guilt, sincere, genuine, blameless and innocent. And in heart, the Strong's definition comes from the word, root word cardia. And the usage of heart in the Bible is just either heart or it's used once uh, to describe broken-hearted. But for the Bible usage, heart can be described also in three main ways, like the word pure, 
It can refer to the physical organ in the body itself. It can also denote the center of physical and spiritual life. In this case, it includes both the soul and the mind. A lot of times, we separate our heart from our head. We attribute our thoughts, our ideas, our intellectual understanding and intelligence to our head. And as for emotions, passions, desires, affections, we classify them as a heart thing. But in the Bible, it can include all of these above. When you refer to the heart, you refer to both the intellectual and the emotional. So heart can also be used to denote the central and innermost part of anything. So though we may not say that we are pure in heart, I believe that in the innermost part of our heart, there's something which we hold very, very close to ourselves and that we would risk our all to protect. So I'd like to invite you to share, what do you hold close to your heart? So you may go to menti.com and use the code 588068 uh, to take part in this question. So as we wait for the responses, I'd like to say that in Chinese, there's a saying called meaning that a piece of pure land in our hearts which is uncontaminated by anything. So in this piece of uncontaminated land, what occupies it? It may be a person, it may be a thing, it may be a memory, it may be our relationship with God. So let's see. What do you hold close to your heart? People, friends, Jesus, pride, ego, family, yay, relationship with God. Some politically correct answer, dependence of God, loved ones. A lot is human beings and relationships. Some are earthly things. Some refer to values. And some of them, some of the answers says myself, me. Yeah. I think that's being very truthful. But sometimes, yeah, some of us actually, we don't treat ourselves that well and we actually don't care that much about ourselves. So family and freedom, scars. My mom who is with the Lord. Family, members, friends, a lot, a lot. So a lot of the responses are talking about their loved ones. For some parents, this innermost place can be occupied by their children, and for some of us here, children includes our fur kids. So it may or may not be vice versa for the children. It can be something that we, which we work hard for to earn or achieve in our lives, so it may not necessarily be a person. It can be a thing. It can be that Porsche that's out there that you spend 10 years working on or something like that. So the Bible itself talks a lot about heart. So in the book of Matthew alone, there are 15 verses which mentions the word heart. So one of the most famous verse is Matthew 6.21. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Matthew chapter 12, verse 34. Talking to the Pharisees, You brood of vipers, how can you who are evil say anything good? For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. Matthew chapter 15, verses 18 to 19. But the things that come out of a person's mouth come from the heart, and these defile them. For out of the heart come evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false testimony, slander. And of course, in answering to the question from an expert in the law, teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? Do you all know the answer? It's also found in Matthew. 
So Jesus replied, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. So as we look through all these verses and then we think about the answers which he gave to the question just now about what we hold close to our heart, will we still be able to say that we are Christians? If your answer is yes, then it's good for you. I think for those answer God and Jesus, their answer will be yes. But for those who answer like you know parents, kids, things, myself, would we still call ourselves as Christians? Do we believe in what we say when we are talking about our faith or what we claim to believe in? When we say that we are Christian, do we truly believe that God will transform us? Not just in a superficial way, not just in a way of breaking our bad habits and making us better people, but really that God's holiness will be able to shine through us and that we will become and attain the purity that God calls us to be and ultimately be able to see God in all of God's glory and splendor. I have to admit that for myself, there's always this little doubt at the back of my head. So I wonder, I have no wonder why you know, a lot of people actually would prefer to claim themselves as spiritual. No, we are not Christians, we are just spiritual. So we don't need to identify as Christians. For identifying as Christians and to truly live as a believer of Christ entails so much and calls us to be so radical that if the society, if our family, if our friends think that we insane and reject us, would we still have the courage to come out and say, yes, I am a Christian? I think, of course, some of us are capable of portraying to the outside world what a Christian should be like or what is expected of a good person, or what is expected of a spiritual person. But how does that make us different from the Pharisees? The Pharisees were always ready to reduce the way of life and righteousness to just a mere matter of conduct, of behaviour, of outward appearance towards men. When what we present to others do not match what is inside of us, we become a divided person because we are not aligned from within to without. So I think this is very, very common for people who has yet to accept their own sexuality or who has to hide in the closet. It also may apply to those of us who feel that we are being imposters in wherever we are, whether is it at work, in school, even in our own personal lives, or even in church, we can feel like imposters. So when our genuine self has to be hidden, and not let out for whatever fear that grips us, whether this fear is rational or irrational, legitimate or not. But we know that God is not looking at our outward appearances, but God is looking at our hearts. But ask yourselves, how often do we truly open our hearts to another? Actually, even as we started this series, I mean, uh, broadcasting live online, and we started using menti.com, we have always emphasized that mentee, use mentee because mentee is anonymous. The, on, anonymity, the anonymity of using mentee is to use to encourage participation. I wonder, you know, why is it with a church that is so concerned about, anon, about being anonymous? It's very strange, right? That when we want to talk about being genuine, being authentic, being truthful, and then here we are, anonymous mentee, anonymous mentee, yeah, come participate. So why is it that scares us so much, you know, that we are so afraid to let people know 
of our opinions? What is it that is holding us back from sharing if it's not anonymous? So if mentee was not anonymous, we would probably get only a handful of responses. And then they will all be pro probably be very politically correct answers or the standard Christian answers instead of what? Instead of our heartfelt thoughts. But we know. We know that it is who we are when no one is all watching that defines us. And I wonder, wonder, do we also hide from ourselves? Sometimes. Which is why some of us cannot stand being alone. You know, we fill our lives with activities, you know, with distractions, with hobbies, addictions even. So that we don't have to face ourselves. We don't have to go within. Do we think that there's even, there's something inside us that's so dark that we are so afraid to reveal and we are so afraid to face? Could we even convince ourselves that, you know, if I don't want to face myself, I can even hide from God if He choose to. So when I was closing as service leader last Sunday, I shared that I do not understand why God always asks of us, uh, which is that which is opposite of the world asks of us. Why is it so difficult for our heart's desire to be that of what which God's desires? More often than not, we conflate God's will with what we want instead. Today, we dig deeper within and acknowledge that God is not the center, it's not in the center of our hearts. Does that mean that we are no longer Christians? It does not mean so. We are Christians when we come to know God as revealed through the incarnation of Christ. But our journey doesn't stop when we know God. It continues through the spiritual growth as we follow Christ, learning to live by the word of God, willing to change the way we think so that our hearts will grow pure. And if we are not there yet, simply means that this presents another opportunity, one more chance for us to come to God and to surrender ourselves to God once again. So as in Psalm chapter 139, verses 23 and 24, it says, Search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there's anything, see if there's any offensive way in me and lead me in the way of everlasting. Similarly, David, that's attributed to King David. He also wrote in Psalm 51, verse 10, Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. King David is a character in the Bible which I don't really like, not my favourite character at all. But he exemplifies that though one may be a sinner, one may still be able to be willing to repent and continue to seek God's guidance in his life and to be after God's heart. This coming to God is not a one-off thing, but it should happen over and over and over again. For God to cleanse our heart until we are able to seek God's purity in our heart. And from there comes our words, our thoughts, our attitudes, and who we are as God's beloved children. And that people can see the image of God in us. We can read the verse as, not as we are already pure in heart, but blessed are we who are being made pure in heart. It is a constant process of being made pure in heart. It is not an end state, because we can say that no one here is pure in heart. 
But this is a continuing journey which we walk alongside with God and each other. So I think if you do not know what is at the centre of your heart, a simple way maybe to quantify with this question. What did you spend the most time on last week? So my question here is, what did you spend the most time on last week, right? I asked in terms of time, but it could also be in terms of efforts, in terms of where your mind has been last week, in terms of where you spend your money on. The time frame can not just be last week, it can be last month, it can be last year, it can be your entire life. What is it that is, you know, wow, work, work, work. What is it that's, wow, Python coding, okay. The person who is doing Python coding, please come and volunteer for church, okay. Okay, uh, if you're able to see where you spend your time, your energy, your money on, it can tell you what is in your heart. I think uh, the Singaporean obsession is food. And it is up there. Food is one of them. Because, you know, uh, when we have breakfast, we start thinking about what do we want to have for lunch. And then when we're having lunch, what should we have for dinner instead? Okay, is it social media? Facebook, Instagram, TikTok? Because we are not satisfied with our own lives and we want to live vicariously through the life of others? Is it the mindless consumption of YouTube, Netflix, Disney, clicking one link after another? Because, you know, the algorithms of these big networks pushes the media to you based on your watching patterns. I think in this COVID pandemic, if the past two years pass by in a blur, then you really should ask yourself what is in the center of your heart. Yeah, work, YouTube, social media, friends, food, cleaning. Wow. Hobbies, sleep, that's 33%, very, very well uh, documented, 33% of time is spent on sleep. Legal issues, exercise, so what is at the center of your heart? It may not be something bad, it can be something good. I mean, exercise is something good. But still, we ask ourselves, is that also what we want to be at the center of heart? So in a way, how do we align our desire to that of God and plant that in our heart? So Watchman Nee says, often it has to do with what I decide when I get out of my bed in the morning, who is going to have the victory within me, the new nature or the old? So if you have heard of uh, this story of the two wolves, some of you might have already heard of this story. An old Cherokee is teaching his grandson about life. He says, a fight is going on inside of me, he said to the boy. It is a terrible fight and it is between two wolves. One is evil, his anger, envy, sorrow, regret, greed, arrogance, self-pity, guilt, resentment, inferiority, lies, false pride, superiority, and ego. He continued, the other is good. He is joy, peace, love, hope, serenity, humility, kindness, benevolence, empathy, generosity, truth compassion and faith. So the same fight is going on inside you and inside each and every one of us too. Then the grandson thought about it for a minute and asked his grandfather, which wolf will win? Do you all know the answer to this story? Which wolf will win? 
the one you feed. I think indeed for all of us, it will always be a daily struggle. For our old nature does not love what God loves. As Paul wrote in Romans chapter 7, verses 15 to 18, I do not understand what I do. For what I want to do, I do not do. But what I hate to do, I do. And if I do what I do not want to do, I agree that the law is good. As it is, it is no longer I myself who do it, but it is sin living in me. For I know that good itself does not dwell in me. That is in my sinful nature. For I have the desire to do what is good, but I cannot carry it out. For I do not do the good I want to do, but the evil I do not want to do. This I keep on doing. Now if I do what I do not want to do, it is no longer I who do it, but it is sin living in me that does it. Okay, there's a lot of want to do, the want to do, the want to do, want to do. So, I mean, if you read it, it's like a bit confusing, but I think uh, you can take time to go back and read these uh, few verses to talk about the nature, the old, fighting the new. But I think it is in this daily struggle that it will always be a choice that we make. We cannot choose both the old nature and the new nature. We cannot be double-minded. We want both, and we cannot be half-hearted. But we have to keep our eyes on God and learn to choose God each time. It does not mean that we will always make the right choice, but that we are willing to put in the effort to make the better choice each time. Instead of letting our life pass by, before even bother to take out the time to think and reflect on our choices. Pauline, in her sermon two weeks ago, shared Elias Chakos' interpretation of the word blessed, that tracing back to its Aramaic root, it means uh, to set yourself on the right way for the right goal, to turn around, to repent. So it's not just a passive thing of receiving uh, the blessings or happiness, but this puts a very, very different perspective to what blessed means. If blessed doesn't mean happy, rich, fortunate, well-off, would we still choose to follow God? If blessed is calling ourselves to set ourselves on the right way for the right goal, to turn around, to repent, would we still choose to follow God? But blessed can also be interpreted as an exclamation of inner joy and peace that comes with being right with God. This may include happiness, but it's a kind of happiness that transcends what happens in the world around us. Such that it can also call for rejoicing even under intense persecution. So blessed is a spiritual attitude and state of people who are right with God. Will we make our daily choices such that we are right with God to accept God's blessings no matter our circumstances? When bad things happen to people, the question we always ask is, where is God in all of this? Illness, natural disasters, unprovoked violence, sudden accidents. When loved ones are lost and lives are torn, how do we tell the victims or those who are suffering that God is in control and everything will be all right? And I always remember the answer that someone shared with me, that God is in the tears that we cry. 
It may sound cliche or sentimental, but I think it is something that I hold very closely to my heart. To remind me that in my tears, in my heart aches, in my anguish, in all my trials, God is there with me. Perhaps that is also a way for us to see God, not in a physical sense and not in the meeting God in the afterlife, but in the here and now, to sense God's presence in our lives. Not just able to know intellectually, yes, God is with us, God is with us, but to know in our heart wholeheartedly that God is indeed with us. So my last question for the day is, when did you feel God's presence in your life? Have you ever felt God's presence in your life? Was it a time when it was a high point, a highlight of your life? Or is it a time when you were at the lowest point in your life? So some of the answers comes in. Felt God's presence in worship today. When I see God in others, when I'm weak and helpless, every day, in worship and prayer, presentations and interview, during my fears and when I stumble, when I was studying for exams, God was with me, conversations and prayers in cell groups, devotionals, day to day, sometimes when I appreciate God's creation. When I struggle with life and with myself, indeed, most of us do feel God's presence in our life when we are down and out. When I decide to leave this world, I tried several times. I hope this person would not try it again. I think you should have, you should give yourself opportunities. And you do know that God is indeed with us, around us, in the people around us. And give yourself the chance to be able to see God and sense God again. So to see God is to feel God near to you. And to be able to see God means that we have to be in fellowship with God. And when we are in fellowship with God, we can feel God's presence. I think when we are in a relationship with someone, especially if it's someone who we want to get to know better or get closer to, we pay attention to the person, we are sensitive to his or her needs, his or her likes and dislikes. We put ourselves at a phone, our phone is never you know, near to us. We have conversations that reveal parts of us to them and them to us. We do not let our minds wander and think about, you know, what's next, what's next, what's next in my life. I think as we continue with our Christian walk, may we be able to see God as a friend, partner, or whoever it is that we want to get closer to. And our relationship will be able to grow deeper and richer as we get to know God and ourselves better. So that indeed, we may, as the verse says, be pure in heart, for we will see God in our lives. Amen.
we come together in this time of communion to be with God, to commune. As Jamie said, sometimes we rush through things, right? This meal, when we gather, I want to invite you to slow down. Slow down as though you are on a date with someone or having dinner with someone you care a lot about and be present. Be present to connect with and to allow God to connect with you. Not rush through it like, you know, gobbling down um, a fast food meal. But be present. We gather each Sunday at this table. Even though at this time we may not all be physically together, the table of God's feast transcends time and space because God's love transcends all boundaries. So this table recognizes no boundaries. Here at FCC, we celebrate an open table. This means that you do not have to meet any criteria. You do not have to be a member of FCC. You do not have to be baptized. You only need to recognize that God's grace is sufficient. Good Shepherd, we take your care for granted. In the midst of your many blessings, we complain of not having enough. In the presence of danger, we fail to trust your abiding love. When you set a table before us, we turn aside from you. Call us back into your fold and help us trust your caring presence and provision that our actions may proclaim your truth. Together, Surely goodness and mercy shall follow us all the days of our lives. God forgives our failures and calls us back into the flock. Loving God, our Good Shepherd, we are the sheep of your pasture and you know us by name. We offer grateful thanks for your loving care. Open our hearts and minds to the guiding of your Spirit in our lives. Lead us in right paths that we may serve you in truth and action. Amen. God prepares the table for us, offering us a feast of abundant love. Our cups overflow with the bounty of grace, for our shepherd knows us as no one else can. Restoring our souls, healing our brokenness, nourishing us with bread and cup for the life of ministry. We remember how Jesus, our shepherd, took bread and after giving thanks, broke it and gave it to the disciples saying, This is my body which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me.
In the same way, he also took the cup after the supper, saying, This cup is a new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. Might I invite the stewards to come and distribute the elements? Whether you are here joining us online or you're present um, here at One Commonwealth, invite you to enter in a conversation with God. Reflect and allow yourself to see God with a pure heart. Did you feel the presence embracing you, being with you, surrounding you? That presence that gives you a sense of peace, of well-being. That presence that says, it's okay. Come to the table and feast with the shepherd. Let's partake of these communion elements together with thanksgiving.
May I invite you to stand as you are willing and able and join in the prayer of communion together. God of love, you abide with us. Your loving presence stills us. You provide us all that we need in abundance. Help us love one another in truth and action. Help us give of ourselves to those in need. Help us care for others the way our shepherd cares for us. May our lives reflect our wholehearted trust in our shepherd's everlasting love and care. Amen. Amen. Please be seated. So good morning and welcome again to the Sunday service of Free Community Church, where free stands for first realized everyone's equal. FCC is an inclusive church. That means you are welcome here regardless of your theological background, your gender identity, your sexual orientation, your economic status, or any of the labels the world puts on you. To those uh, who are worshiping with us regularly and those joining with us the first time, welcome home. My name is David, and I'm the service leader for today. So if you're joining us for the... Uh, if the sermon today has blessed you, uh, we invite you to just give a like on the video, subscribe. Um, this actually helps YouTube's algorithm to recommend the video to more people. So please do that if you have a moment. Um, if you're joining us for the first time, you can, um, we invite you to leave your details at fcc.la slash welcome or at the QR code. Uh, we promise we won't spam you. Uh, this is just so the pastors can reach out to you and find out how we can better serve your needs. Uh, we also have a newcomers meeting on the last Sunday of each month. So if you're interested in joining that, I think it will be a hybrid one. So it, can be, it will be on site as well as online. Uh, you can just email info at freecomchurch.org to sign up for that. And that's a, some, that's a place where we can introduce ourselves to you. You can meet some of our leaders, find out more about our church, who we are, and um, how we can serve you as well. So um, we'll now continue to worship God with our giving. Um, there are two ways you can give um, through the PayNow, through the two QR codes. One is for our general fund, which mainly goes to our, pastor, our staff salaries, as well as the daily expenses of running this place. And the other is to our building fund, which goes to paying off our mortgage on this property. You can also give it by credit card at freecomchurch.give.asia. So uh, please join me now as we pray for the offering. Dear God, we thank you that we are safe with you, that you love us unconditionally, even though none of us can come to you with a pure heart. God, you know everything about us, and you still love us. You're in the process of transforming us more and more into your likeness, and you give us the honor of being part of your ongoing work in this world, extending to your love to all people who you love. So please bless these offerings, freely given, to sustain our church and our ministry, that we can continue to serve all those out there, the people who you love, who you want to reach. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. 
So I now invite the stewards to come forward to take up the offering. If you are on site and you would like to drop a cash or check into the bag, please raise your hand and the stewards will come to you. Uh, while the stewards are going around, we have a few announcements. So this announcement we have been showing week after week after week. I think we're getting to a little bit more desperation at this point, uh, because uh, although uh, some of you have st stepped up to uh, volunteer, we still need more. And so this is for volunteers for our production ministry, because as you know, we're now bringing this service online. And actually, it's a really good thing we're doing that, because first of all, not everyone can come to site. And second of all, this is actually how we reach out to people even overseas or people who will not be able to come here under regular circumstances. So it's actually widening our ministry, but we do need help. Uh, people to run the lights, the camera, the sound. Um, if, you if you're interested, you can sign up for a behind-the-scenes tour, no commitment, just to see if it would be a good fit for you. Um, but really, we do need some help. So I really hope that um, this may be the last time we show this slide, but... Um, we hope after today, some people will say, yeah, I feel called to serve the church in this way. Even though I may not have any technical skills, the training will be provided. And um, our 18th anniversary of FCC is coming up next month. So what we're going to be doing for this, as uh, the pastors have said the last two weeks, is we're going to be collecting physical artifacts over the history of FCC. So you might have photos, you might have objects, um, things that have stories behind them. So what we are actually like to do is get the stories as well as those uh, photos or things, and you can upload them to fcc.la slash fccarchives. Um, if you would like to be part of the team that's planning the service, you can also email info at freecomchurch.org. Uh, and so the 18th anniversary service will be on the 10th of October, 2021. Uh, so please do submit your photos and artifacts as soon as you can. Thank you. And, and uh, this month, we're also celebrating the birthdays of all those uh, in our community who were born in September. So we have Susan, uh, Melvin, Shaylee, Louis, Maisie, Yaling, and AJ. And there may be even more of you out there who didn't get your names up there. Uh, but if so, just know that we wish you a very happy birthday. And so now I'm going to invite Pastor Pauline to come up and say a prayer for those who are born in September. So before we pray, uh, just to explain, if you are wondering, how come my name is not up there? All right, and why are only some of these people up there? Because I know some of you out there are having your birthdays. Hi, Cheryl, I know your birthday is tomorrow. Yeah, so, <laughs> so I want to just explain, okay, these are people on our membership role, okay? So if you're an FCC member, we know your birthdays officially and we put you up there, right? But all of you are very precious to us and we will pray for you as well. And if you are still thinking of membership, please, you know, um, let us know because we'll be bringing in new members uh, in October during our anniversary service, okay? So will you pray together with me for our siblings who are celebrating their birthdays this September? Dear God, our loving shepherd, you have shepherded each one of our lives throughout our lives from the time we were born right up to today. And God, you are watching over each one of us. And I just want to pray a special prayer for our siblings who are celebrating and remembering their birthdays in September. I thank you for each one of them, for your love for them, for how you continue to watch over them and their loved ones, for how you are 
how you have exciting plans for their lives. That even as, you, as they look forward to all that you have for them, I pray that God, you will bless them with your wisdom, with great health, with a sense of well-being in you, that they may truly find their sufficiency in your grace in their lives. So God, I thank you for their gift of their lives in our community as well. And I pray that this community will learn how we can love one another, how we can continue to celebrate the gifts of each person just because of who they are and all that you've made us to be. That we'll continue to grow together as a community, celebrating your work and your life in us. And so we commit our siblings into your hands. We thank you for each one of them. We ask that God, you'll continue to lead them, guide them, fill them with the abundance of your grace and your spirit every step of the way. And so we commit them to you, praying all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Today we don't just um, celebrate uh, birthdays, but we also want to bid farewell. Uh, Matthew, may we come, for, uh, come forward? Um, Matthew came to Singapore and um, to work here. And, and I hope that in the time here that you have found home. And I also want to, you know, I, I know that the journey for you had been um, quite interesting, right? Settling down here and in the beginning, that was not an easy thing. Um, but finding home here um, really shows what a community we are, imperfect, but growing. And in a way, you also shaped us as you found home here. Um, and I want to thank you for allowing us to walk with you on this journey. Um, and you serving um, in the ministry when you stepped up when you have need. And I would like to pray for you um, on behalf of the whole community um, as you leave and as you find your, uh, an, another home. But I also want to invite you to think that FCC will always be your home and you'll always be welcome here. And now with the hybrid service, uh, you can join us um, every Sunday. Yeah. God, we, are, we give thanks for bringing Matthew into our community. And even though he's leaving um, Singapore um, and heading towards the UK, he's not really leaving our community in a way because distance nowadays is a matter of physical distance but we always can remain connected through different ways, um, through means uh, um, like our hybrid service and through emails and correspondence. We pray that the relationships built here in this community continues to be a blessing, continues to bless both Matthew and us. We lift up Rex and Matthew as they find ways to... Um, to develop roots in their new home. But we also pray that they always they know that they are always welcome and they will always have a place here in FCC and in Singapore. We pray for safe journeys and we pray for joyful uh, farewells, knowing we will see each other again. All this we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. This is for you. Thank you very much. Thank you, Matthew.
now may I invite all of you to stand and receive the benediction. People of God, may you be blessed. May you be blessed seeing God and in that moment, may you find that your heart is purified, that you know love, joy and peace in that encounter with our shepherd. May you learn to lean on that faith and to trust. May you know you're always beloved. Go in peace, in love always. In Jesus' name, Amen. Thank you for joining us today uh, and pray that you have a blessed week ahead.